I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Very well. <laughs> Very <laughs> how well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, just uh, pretty, I don't know, it, it was a busy weekend for me, so oh, okay. I just had a lot of things happening. So just a nice little breather of not doing anything at the moment. Oh. Except talk about a movie that, for me, is uh, good. For me, it's good. And <laughs> it's a break. Uh, yeah, even though like right now I'm like starting to deal with like a bit of a headache. But oh my god, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like oh, the day felt like- so long that all of a sudden it starts getting in there, and now mm-hmm. dealing with one of those. But hopefully, your day was better than mine uh, overall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, today. We are going to talk about a new movie that has been released. Uh, but before we talk about that movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts and many more. And if you do follow us and want to help us out, go ahead and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date in our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Today, we are going to talk about the latest Marvel movie. Not MCU. This is produced (laughs) by Sony. It is Venom. Let There Be Carnage, the sequel, sequel to the Venom movie. Uh, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and tell uh, Let me uh, say that again. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what this movie's about? The IMDb synopsis reads, Eddie Brock attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiote Carnage and escapes prison after a failed execution. Now, this movie is directed by Andy Serkis, and if you recognize the name, Andy Serkis, why do I recognize that name? He is the actor, Andy Serkis, famed, you know, st- motion, um, cap motion capture. Exactly. Yeah. He's uh, the, ca- the OG motion cap. Gollum. Yep. Um, King Kong. King Kong. Uh, also uh, from no, the... No, maybe not King Kong. No, no, he... not King Kong. It's uh, Planet of the Apes Planet series. of the Apes, that's the, right. The Planet of the Apes series. And if you don't know him from there, you might also know him as Claw from the MCU Black Panther movies. Oh, but he's also in Star Wars. He was... Ah, um... yes. He was... Oh, my God, that guy. Man. <laughs> Let me tell you something real quick. And sorry to go on a diatribe here, but that recent trilogy of star wars movies yeah has just like continued to just get worse and worse because of the way they like handled that finale oh absolutely oh it is <laughs> shocking are how... we wait are we gonna open this can of worms right now i don't think it needs to be open like a can of worms i'm just okay. saying i just mean between us between right us now. look i still appreciate force awakens i love the last jedi but mm-hmm. the way they ended that that trilogy made people like forget or just not want to deal with the movies anymore. Right. It makes the prequels look good. Oof, that ending. Oof, huh. It is. Snoke <laughs> is the character we were Snoke. trying to figure out. That's right. He was Snoke. He was Snoke. So, yeah. So 
That's Andy Serkis. Is this his first movie directing? I'm not no, sure. No, 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 it's, no, it's not. not. Okay. I'll look it up, though. But you, if you want to tell us who wrote it. Of course. Start. So this movie is written by Kelly Marcel, uh, by Todd McFarlane, who is the creator of the character Venom. And Tom Hardy gets a writing credit for this movie as well. He is also an executive producer on this movie. So he had a lot of input on the movie itself. Tom Hardy is back as Venom, uh, a.k.a. Eddie Brock. And we are joined by Woody Harrelson, who plays the character Carnage, uh, Cletus Cassidy. Uh, we also have Michelle Williams returning. And joining them are Naomi Harris and Reed Scott. So that is the cast for this particular movie. The sequel. Uh, now, Jessica, I do know that the first movie, it it was a weird movie. And I think we could both say that this one is extremely weird as well. And critics even kind of back us up on this. 59% critic score. Uh, 59. So it yes. is a rotten movie. Uh, the critics' consensus reads as a sequel aimed squarely at fans of the Originals odd couple chemistry, Venom Let There Be Carnage eagerly embraces the franchise's sillier side. Now, here's where critics and audiences go their separate ways because audiences, this is an 85% score from audiences. And the audience consensus is with tons of action, fun <laughs> fight scenes, and plenty of comedy, Venom Let There Be Carnage gives fans everything they've been looking for. Plus, a can't-miss post-credits surprise. Huh. This interesting. Okay, so going back to really really quick, Andy Serkis has also directed Mowgli Legend of the Jungle mm. from 2018 and Breathe from 2017. And Breathe from 2017. Okay. Yes, which is like a based on a true story kind of. All right. Gotcha. All right, so let's talk Before about... <laughs> First of all, I think we have to talk really quick about what we thought of the first Venom movie. Yes, because and if if you've been with us long enough, that episode was you and Daniel Romero, who's been a guest on the show a few times. I was not on the show that time because I had not seen it uh, at that point. Right. I have since yeah, yeah, seen yeah. it, of course. Uh, but hmm, that movie is weird. Tom Hardy. Okay, I want to I want to talk about Tom Hardy real quick. Because sure, go Tom right Hardy is an interesting actor in the sense that I feel like he purposely makes weird choices with his roles and with the way he actually does the role that he's given. Because this man, I feel like he could be the most charismatic actor in Hollywood if he wants to be. But he chooses not to. Because he goes out there with his choices. A great example of him being charismatic as all hell is Inception. Like, that is a charming man. That is a uh -huh. man who you I, could I think watch. you mean charming. Charming, yes. Is a... Is what you mean to say about Tom Hardy. Yeah. But he's not in every role just pulling out the charm card. No, no. I think most of the time he's trying to shy away from that. I think he tries to be. I think he's method, right? He's a method actor, right? 
Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, he when he makes a choice on how he's going to present his character, he does not allow anyone to influence him on that choice. I think that he is, I don't want to say underrated, but I think that he is maybe underutilized is the right word. I don't know. He's choosing projects that are very bizarre. Yeah. Like, period. Things that you would not think that he would choose because you would think that an actor of his caliber can just choose whatever he wants in terms of a role. I mean, I think that he just chooses things that are interesting to him. Yeah. Right. And apparently this is. Audience be damned. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree there, except in this case of Venom, because it's so weird because he doubled down on this. Because in 2018, this movie, it, I remember telling you, and you were like, you're kidding, made a billion dollars. Yeah. It's a billion-dollar movie, Venom, the first one from 2018. And he had more input this time around. Like, he was an executive producer. He was a writer. He starred. So he really, like, put his eggs into this basket as something that he wanted to do. By the way, Venom Let the Bee Carnage, $90.1 million at the box office, the what? largest opening in the pandemic era. That is not a joke. That is not, like, worldwide. That is Didn't in America. Didn't it eclipse, like, the original Venom's opening weekend? I don't think it eclipsed. I read a headline saying something like oh, that. Oh, actually, it did. It did eclipse it because at that time in 2018, that movie made $80 million on his opening weekend. So this one made $90.1 million on his opening weekend. And that's just in the United States. So I can't even pl- wow. pretend like, oh, but it was worldwide. No, no. Like people went out to see this movie. People went out to see this movie. So you didn't like the first Venom? I don't think it's a very good movie. I think it's interesting to see Tom Hardy and what he brought to the role, which was this weird take. Like, I don't know. He He's doing something with this role, right? Okay. So here, I'll jump in because my thoughts are actually out there if you guys want to listen to them. But I haven't gone back to listen to that Venom episode since it was recorded. And I honestly... The opinion, my opinion of Venom has just decreased. And I hated it basically to begin with. I thought it was awful. <laughs> it is not my cup of tea. It's not built for me. I'm not familiar with the Venom lore comics at all, really, except for Spider-Man 3, right? So this sequel was just terrible. You know, I I wasn't the one asking for the sequel, but here we are. <laughs> I didn't ask for the sequel either. I don't see why we got this movie, except for the fact that one mil- $1 billion worth of people went to see the first one. So, of course, we're going to get a sequel, and chances are this is going to continue because of something that happens in the movie. I'll say that. Um, now, Woody Harrelson joins the cast in this movie, and... He this is a paycheck, man. (laughs) This is him just like, you know what? You give me some weird lines to say. Give me some weird costumes to wear. I'll do it. Cool. And uh, and then I'll be on my way. Just uh, here's my bank account information. (laughs) Yeah, this is a pure paycheck. And look, get the money. But 
it's not like a memorable performance by him or anything. It's like silliness. The entire movie is silly. What was the first movie's villain? I can't even remember what the central villain was in that movie, except for it's, the symbiote lands on Earth and then it attaches to Eddie Brock and you're just like, okay, then it's them too, like dealing with Venom's urge to eat people. So like, that's all I really remember. That's all you remember. And I totally agree with you. That's pretty much I it. know there was I a do fight. I don't know who he was fighting. Like, I can't tell Riz you. Ahmed was the like okay. villain in that movie. He was like some ex- like billionaire. But I don't know exactly what he wanted. Or maybe he wanted the symbiote. Or I don't know what it was exactly. Like it doesn't come it's a to lot. me. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, and so... We don't exactly remember fractured relationship with Michelle Williams. That's all I know. Yes, that's all that I retained from the first Venom movie. Right, exactly. Okay, so let. With that being said, we're really fuzzy on the initial movie details. We did not care for the original movie. What did you think of Let There Be Carnage, Rico? This movie is just silly (laughs) all the way through. Like this movie is just. It's 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 a bad movie. It's awful. I'm gonna. It's it's a bad movie. I I think it's not well written. I think the editing of this movie is awful. Awful pacing. Awful editing. Like you said, the editing's terrible Terrible. in this movie. I don't know what they like. They throw you in, and you're like, has there been 20 minutes of movie that I didn't see? Like what? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Things feel like they just abruptly cut to something else, or. Somehow a character is in one place, they cut, and they're in a different place, and then they cut, and they're back in the first place that you saw them. And you're like, wait, how the hell did they get there and back? Like, stuff like that. It made no sense whatsoever. So I think all of that was just bad. Um, I don't think the Cletus character really gives us anything to go off. Even his his motivation for why he even wants to stay alive or what he's, you know, what he's doing is because he has a love of his life, but the love of his life played by Naomi Harris doesn't really bring anything except like they're both crazy. Ooh, like that. That's how the movie kind of treats them. It's like, Ooh, two crazy people who are meant for each other type of thing. They're dumb is what I'd like to say. And then this is a trend, though. I feel like this is a trend this year of trying to give a villain a sympathetic backstory. What's another example? Mortal Kombat, Shang-Chi. Ah, yeah. Yeah, both of them. And I'm sure there's Uh, more. I I feel In those two particular ones that you said, I will say that I think they were both handled better better than than this this one. Yeah, even though like Mortal Kombat has its silliness as well and there's things that you would have wanted more from it, it's handled better. And of course, Shang-Chi, we both love Shang-Chi and it like beautifully done. And this one is just like, Sony, what are you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> this it is It almost not reminded it. me of like the New Mutants movie where we had a lot of the same qualms with it. Oh, yes. <laughs> where it oh, was God. trying to establish this overarching tone of like darkness and stuff. And you kind of buy in for like a second. And then it doesn't deliver on all of its promises. And the third act is a mess. 
the characters have no drive. Like they're just empty shells of like this insert character here, <laughs> insert <laughs> villain here. And it's just very generic and um, not well edited and just just a mess. Generic is a good word for this one because this is a generic superhero movie. This is like as plain and as bland as you can get with that superhero genre because it is just like, oh, this is bad guy. This is good guy. They have to fight. You know, they have to be in disagreement. But like there's no true nuance to it. There's no subtlety to the way they handle any character. It's all broad no strokes surprises, of like nothing. Yeah. Uh and then like the central focus of the movie is really Eddie Brock and Venom, like the two of them, because you know, they are supposed to be one and the same, but they're they're having problems with each other. So it's almost like an odd couple situation with the two of them mm-hmm. in a way. Just because, you know, Venom wants to eat people and eddie brock doesn't want him to eat people that's Mm -hmm. i mean that's as simple as it gets and it is just the tone is weird it's a weird movie all the way around there was comedy in this movie i did not laugh a single time did you you turned to me and you gave me like these looks like really like you gave me these looks that were just like I can't believe I'm watching this movie. I did. And then uh, I turned you 20 minutes in and I said, how long is this movie? Yeah. And I, I even like reassured you before the movie. The movie's an hour and 45 minutes. It's I reassured a blessedly you. short, a superhero yes. movie compared to that is one thing. its predecessors. And Oof. it was still too long for me. <laughs> it, it's not a good movie. I found the um, comedy just like lowest common denominator, cheap back and forth almost slapsticky at points um yes not my brand so sorry not your brand uh there was like one or two chuckles that i gave but nothing even stands out now that i think about it because i'm trying to think of like a memorable thing that i laughed at and i actually don't have it in my (laughs) head i can't even remember what it was so that's i will say that we were kind of like the odd people out in the theater because our theater was like a hot crowd it was they were very into the movie there was Mm -hmm. laughing throughout like people just understood the comedy and were fine with the movie yeah they were i mean 85 (laughs) percent audience score yeah and on letterboxd which for the most part is like a like a cinephiles type of like social media thing it has a three it's like a 3.0 like so people enjoy themselves from venom so my theory and i i presented it to you was that venom exists in the spider-man world spider-man is so beloved right that i believe that just about any character that surrounds spider-man gets you know that draft off of spider-man so back in the 90s i know there was the spider-man cartoon i i can't i didn't watch it i watched x-men and batman i never watched spider-man so i can't remember if venom was in that but basically anyone in that world gets a rub Mm -hmm. off of spider-man and so people love those characters so that's why a movie like this will do so well because again 
Venom. It's one of the big Spider-Man anti-hero slash antagonist to Spider-Man himself. So that's why I think a movie like this does so well. It's it's because of that universe that Spider-Man mm-hmm. lives in. It any supports character. even the villains. Yeah. So, so I'm really interested in when uh, the Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why am I blanking on Is the movie? Is it Morbius or Morbius? I think it's M- Morbius. Okay. I'll take a look. I believe it. Yes, it's Morbius. It comes out in 2022. Uh, it was supposed to come out in 2020. Mm. Uh, but everything got delayed, of course. Uh, and, of course, it's a Sony movie that is supposed to be tying in with Venom itself and with other properties. We'll see how that happens. But Morbius is another character that lives kind of in that Spider-Man world. I have a feeling that it'll do well as well. And I have no faith in Sony making the movies. <laughs> I have no faith in it. Right. They have given us some... Look, ever since Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2, I think, is the last good Sony live-action superhero movie they made. Uh, because since then, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Venom... Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Those are not good movies. <laughs> there's like there's like good stuff here and there in some of those movies. But overall, the movies are not that good. The only good thing they've done recently is Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's, that's it's without a doubt. In the crowd. Yes, it is. Yeah. And part two comes out in April. Of 2022. Oh, my We're, like, that close. Wow. We're that close. Yeah, I know. So, before we jump into spoilers and kind of just, like, pick po- – there's one, like, major thing we have to talk about, but we can't talk about it now because we can't spoil this. But before we do, is there anything else that you want to say about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, or anything else? I'm sorry to Andy Circus. I am so sorry to Andy Circus because I feel like he is – meant for more than Venom Let There Be Carnage. I would agree. This should not be his third directing credit. No, no, because this movie, oof. Okay, let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers (laughs) for Venom Let There Be Carnage right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right so let's talk spoilers for venom i don't really want to talk about the movie itself because i don't think there's anything in the movie that feels worth talking about that's worth anything of consequence because the movie kind of cuts its legs out from under it with the post credit scene. Because uh-huh. yeah. it yeah. kind of feels like we just spent an hour, 45 minutes to get to this. Yes, this is and this <laughs> precisely. Is, this thing that I'm talking about is a big deal. And that is the post credit scene that mm-hmm. we see in the middle of the credits of this movie. Uh, after the adventure that we've had in the movie, uh, you have Eddie Brock and Venom (laughs) 
kind of go on vacation pretty much. They go away. They and go on sabbatical. So Venom kind of like hints that there's other things that have happened to him. Eddie Brock doesn't know the half of what he's experienced in his life and that he could not possibly understand the vastness of the experiences of a hive mind that the symbiotes have. Right. And there's symbiotes all over the galaxy. Exactly. So then we cut to (laughs) their world glitches, like the universe glitches. They end up in a luxury hotel room versus the shitty motel room that they were in before. And on the screen is that news broadcast. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And so now enter Tom Holland and the MCU. And Venom is like, what did he say? He said, that guy and licked the screen. Yeah, Venom has So there's some history there that we, as the audience, don't know based off the movies. And Venom feels sort of antagonistic (laughs) toward Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So Sinister Six is basically shaping up for No Way Home. If you don't know what Sinister Six is, Rico, what's the spark notes on Sinister Six? So the Sinister Six are the rogues gallery of Spider-Man. And the Sinister Six are the six villains that get together to take on Spider-Man. Now, many variations of the Sinister Six have existed, but operating with the movies and the knowledge we have, we are looking at Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Sandman, Electro, uh, Vulture, Venom. and Venom. Oh, Vulture, yeah. Vulture, uh, that was Michael Keaton's character. Yes. Vulture, and now Venom. That that makes six. because That makes six. There's also the, the Lizard Man from The Amazing Spider-Man. Right. So he has sometimes been in the Sinister Six. Like, you know, they have movable pieces, but... For the most part, usually like Doc Ock is the head of it. Green Goblin is in it. And, you know, the other pieces kind of get moved around. But just operating under the knowledge of the MCU, what we have now, what we've seen from the Toby and Andrew Garfield movies, which we know that's where it's leading us to. Uh, it's exciting as a comic book fan and as a fan of the movies before. Because it feels like, oh, all of this, you know, running through the woods, lost in the Sony universe is going to pay off because you're going to get all three Spideys together and you're going to have villains from all the movies together in one place. So it feels like this is the final exam. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And that's why I told you that The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, I believe, has been the most watched movie trailer ever. You told me that and I don't believe you. I know. You you don't believe me. But I believe that the stat is something along the lines of it had the most views of a movie trailer within the first 24 hours. Oh, right. The 24 hours. So like, you know, there's probably movies from like 10 years ago that have, you know, millions and millions of views and maybe more than, you know, this. But... Within its first 24 hours. Yeah, racked up the most. Yeah, tons of views. So that's probably what I mean when I say there. Um, It puts us in a weird place because I don't know what Sony is trying to do. 
Sony currently ha- is trying to form their own thing. Obviously, they own the Spider-Man character. Uh, for those who don't know, Spider-Man, the reason why he's in the MCU is because of a deal between Disney and Sony. And then that deal got broken and then they had to repair it with a different deal. I believe this is the last Spider-Man movie that's being produced for Disney, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, where would that leave all these characters that we're talking about? Venom, Spider-Man, Vulture. Yeah. Does that mean that this is going to be the last hurrah with this No Way Home movie that we're getting in December? Are we even going to see Venom in that movie? They have to. He has to be in that movie, right? Tom Hardy? Yeah. Like... How do you do this tease without... Okay, so I told you this before, that there's a photo of him floating around with a No Way Home production hat on. That makes no sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it's true or not, the stinger to Let There Be Carnage makes me think, yeah, Tom Hardy is like in there. He is. He has to be. He has to be. Um, I mean... (laughs) I don't know what the long-term goal is for Sony, but it seems to me like they want to they want to bring Spider-Man in-house. I feel like that's always been their goal is to make movies with their own character and not license it out. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why they kind of fought Disney a couple of times already about the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the big emotional breakup that they had uh after what was it i think it was after like the second spider-man movie and people freaking out people were blaming sony like how could you do this blah 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 it's their character character (laughs) they own the character yes why would they want to give up the rights yeah oh they should sell it to disney no no. no. Do you Do understand you know how... how much money these movies make? How exactly. much Sony gets off just a cut of the MCU Spider-Man stuff? Like that's S- wild that they would even give up that character. Why? They would It's like I telling Disney, "Hey, you should give up Mickey Mouse cuz someone else is doing Mickey Mouse movies better than you are." No. No. Exactly. <laughs> they own the character. So, imagine Spider-Man 4, whatever it is, like Home is where the heart is or whatever you want to call it. Um, So imagine that movie just strictly Sony. Sony gets to produce it, gets all the credit, gets all the box office. They don't have to share anything. Plus they can form whatever weird universe that they're forming right now with Venom and who knows if Carnage shows back up again. Although in the movie they kill him, but who knows? You know how characters show back up again. They can be made again, no? Yeah, it could be made again. In the same fashion, which is somebody just ingests a piece of venom. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's how Carnage was made. I mean, no reason why it really is named Carnage or why it was red and not black. And it was calling Venom Father a bunch of times. It just did not make a lick of sense to the casual viewer. And I don't know what the lore is based on the comics. So very poorly executed, poorly explained, but... Yeah. Whatever. Neither here nor there because they. And then don't Venom was scared of it. Like Venom was. Venom like, was oh, afraid. That's no, a that's a red one. That's a no red explanation one. of what a red one does. Yeah. No. Why just... it's more of a threat. I mean. 
Yeah, so I, Awful. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it Again, it's a weird movie that in its uh, hour 45 runtime doesn't really explain to you, you know, the true origin of this new monster. It does a poor job of establishing what is the you know bond well not bond but why is it that these two are connected uh eddie brock and cletus like why is it that they are you know with each other i the movie tries to reference that supposedly brock because of his investigative put him in jail but it's not clear it's not there is a vendetta there but i guess because so (laughs) i guess we're talking a little bit about let there be carnage spoilers so I think it was because Eddie Brock reported on where the bodies were hidden and now his appeal is shot to hell. There's no chance of him getting off death row. Right. Okay. So So that's why I think he targeted Eddie Brock because he basically shot him in the foot. So then why did Cletus seek him out early on then? Because he's a narcissist and wanted to tell his story and mm. wanted to relish in the fact that he was on death row and people love to hear from serial killers when they don't have a lot of time left. Also, he wanted to find his girlfriend in a last ditch effort because maybe he thought he was going to get off death row with the appeal. So mm. he was like, let me put out the APB for my GF here. You understood that way better than I did because I, oh, okay. I got lost in that. <laughs> I got lost in that. For I, real? Yeah, because I just... It, because it didn't make sense to me why he hated Eddie Brock so much. But, you know, you explaining it that way did a better job of explaining it than the movie did. There was also a layer of he wanted to be friends with Eddie Brock. I don't even know. That I noticed, but I don't understand No explanation for why he wanted friends all of a sudden, but okay. Exactly. From a guy who, like, killed his own mother and and Killed his own mother, was basically a psychopath for all his life. And but now wants, he wants friends. Now you know? he wants friends. Wants a connection. No, I no. don't. I don't. I, I don't, don't get believe that. that. Um, Michelle Williams. Oh, Michelle. <laughs> what is she doing in here? This is another. Why she come for... back? Why'd she Why come did back? she come back? She should have followed all the other great actresses that have come before her in superhero movies and just done one deal, one movie, and you're out, and you just get referenced <laughs> in other movies in the sequels. There is probably, I mean, it's just a paycheck for her. That's the only reason I can think for her to come back. Her character could have been written around. Yeah. So here's a funny thing about Michelle Williams. Oh, there's a funny thing about her? (laughs) She's a four-time Academy Award nominee. Yes. Yes. Where is her career going? Right oh, now. you want to talk about Michelle Williams' failing career? Oh, not failing. That's That sounds, yeah. Stunted career? Stunted. Stunted. Um, hmm. Because where what she's going. What was the best going, run that she had? Probably the early, or like late 2000s, early 2010s, when she... She had Wendy and Lucy. She was, um, she received critical acclaim for Blue Valentine. Um, my week with Marilyn, which she got a nominee. She was, you know, nominated. And then 
recently she did Manchester by the Sea in 2016, was also nominated for Best Actress, and Fosse Verdon, which was the miniseries on FX, where she was nominated for an Emmy for Best Actress. Her yeah, her best run is the early 2010s because like that's where she's mixing in independent stuff like or not indie stuff like Blue Valentine and My Week with Marilyn with some bigger stuff like Oz the Great and Powerful and Shutter Island, you know. But it feels like in the last like few years, like, she's touched prestige and she, didn't hang on to it. No, she hasn't. I almost feel like there's another woman who, uh, actress who has a very similar resume. And I want to say that it's Jennifer Garner. Mm. Oh, shit. I mean, Michelle Williams has been nominated more for her performances than Jennifer Garner. But I understand what you're saying. Yes. Where they they had a run. And... You think that things are going a certain way and then all of a sudden like it just kind of like dissipates in a way and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the roles get worse and she gets less Weaker. screen time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're doing commercials for something. <laughs> Michelle's not at the commercial point. Jennifer Garner is because if if you see commercials. Capital One. Yes. What's in your <laughs> wallet? I've seen her say that so many times. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I want to see more for her just oh, because I. I feel like there's something just missing that she needs to unlock. And I don't know what it is, though. I don't know what it is. I think that she keeps playing just like girlfriends of characters. In different stuff. Well, Blue Valentine is like the indie version of that. She, playing the spouse of a of a man and in the not so great relationship. But then on the other side is this like the greatest showman. She was in the greatest showman as the wife. Wife. Shutter yeah. Island as the dead wife. <laughs> yeah. And now here as the girlfriend and now ex-girlfriend. She was in Brokeback Mountain. She was. She was. We know Bro- she wasn't a me. <laughs> no, she wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like she's on the fringe. One of these days. One of these days something. She'll get a role. One good role and. It'll be good for her. I I hope. I hope. All right. So this is probably just a question. I already know the answer to this question, but I just need to ask it. Do you – are you excited at all about anything from Venom, seeing it in the future? No. Exactly. (laughs) I I knew the answer. I just had to ask it because, again, the movie is so weird that I don't know why – I would want to watch a third, except for the fact that we would, you know, kind of not be obligated, but, you know, we would watch it because it's a third one in a series mm-hmm. that we've already seen and it, it could now possibly tie in to other things in the future, which that part's not exciting because, I, okay, you and I have had conversations about MCU and the interconnectedness and whatever. I don't mind the interconnectedness when it's a good story. Or when it's fun. But when movies that are silly and make no sense get attached to the interconnectedness of something that I do like, I'm just like, why do I have to bother with this now? Right. 
Now you're just throwing in something that I don't really care for. Mm -hmm. And now I have to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So, and that's probably how you feel about some of the MCU. Yeah, most MCU (laughs) stuff. Which, uh, again, I know you don't like the MCU. I, I do enjoy it. And so I do like the interconnectedness. Again, I grew up with comics. I grew up with superheroes, all that. But if I don't care about a certain movie, <laughs> then I'm just going to be mad that you decided to drag it in. Yeah, it's basically we've talked about this in the t- in the TV sense where you'll be like season five is the best season of all time of any TV show. But you got to watch seasons one through four, which aren't so good. That is the same concept of what you're talking about right now, of watching stuff that you're not passionate about, stories that don't matter, to get to the thread that leads you to the better story, the better characters, and what you're really invested in. That just, that, I feel like that's not fair. I, I understand your point. <laughs> uh, I, still need you, I still need to get you to watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> The rest of it. I, yeah. Yeah. Because. <laughs> season two I did know, me in. I know. Season and you told two. me you were like, season two is not good. The writer strike and all this stuff. But the rest is so good. And I literally, it was like getting stuck in quicksand. Like walking right into it. You, I knew it was coming. And I was like, nope, I'm just not going to continue. I'm not going to fight this. And it sucks because season three, four, and five are just incredible stuff. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And your boy Saracen, man. Anyway. I know. Give I know. Me. <laughs> Michael P. Jordan joins in season four. You've told me I do not give a shit. Anyway. Uh, is there anything left to My say My good about- opinion once lost is lost forever. <laughs> uh, I am Mr. Darcy. Okay. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, okay. Is there anything else that we can say about Venom Let There Be Carnage except for the fact that now we know that he's going to play a role in No Way Home. I mean, that's pretty much it. You just do we want to talk about Naomi Harris for a sec? Naomi or Harris, or are you just like, well, we're I don't, I don't like that character. That character felt like a nothing character, except that felt she like had a some mutant. Type of power. Was she supposed to be a mutant? I believe she was supposed to be some type of mutant uh, that was being held captive i don't know why were they even doing experiments on her i don't even oh, think no, they I were no they were just no held, holding her captive in it that like facility a, you know, ravencroft ravencroft insane asylum yes yeah ravencroft is an insane asylum um but it it, it has no more word on meaning. that other facility though oh the, when she when they the moved original her, one what no, I mean, like, they moved her when she was a teenager to another facility. And that facility had other people in it that were also captive and had presumably powers of some kind. So, like, who else is in this facility? Right, who else is in the... I they don't only know. busted Naomi Harris out. Right, that's it. And yeah. everybody else kind of just left them in there. Nothing. Uh, the Ravencroft Institute where they had, uh, the character, uh, basically it's, it's a fictional place that's been made by, you know, New York 
and or I'm sorry, by Marvel is what I meant to say. It's in New York. I was gonna say so. It was by New York in New- no. the state of New York. Sorry, I was trying to rationalize what you were saying. And no, I know <laughs> you were it, like, no, made I was by all Marvel. over the place with that one. But <laughs> it, it's a it's a fake institution that was made by Marvel uh, that houses like almost like an insane asylum, but also people with powers as well. Uh, there's experimentation that happens there as well, but they didn't really dive too much into that in the movie. Um, but other other than that, I don't think there was much going for that character. They didn't write her well at all. No, they didn't. Um, the only thing that she was there for was to be motivation for the villain. So one note. Like, yeah. They didn't, they didn't write anything right. No. Like, all she was was, ooh, I'm bad because I can scream and I like a bad guy. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's not really much there to that character. But also, why would she have a vendetta? Well, she took revenge on, like, the young security guard who was in the vehicle with her and shot her in the face by mistake. Like, well, why would she have this? Like well, raging. If if someone shot you in the face, I'm pretty sure you would have a vendetta against that person. But again, like it's the larger picture. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I know what you mean. Like one security guard from 20 years ago is not like the real villain to you, right? right. I, I I totally see. To me, it would be the lady that kept her in and was like goading her. That would be the one tenured. that she would want. And Carnage took her out fast. So I was like, okay, there's no payoff there, even for Naomi Harris's character to take out the one, this like abuser. Yeah. You know? I, I hear what you're saying, for it's sure. It's just not very crafted. This no. movie's not crafted. <laughs> not well. Not well. But I th- we're going to see Naomi Harris very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, in No Time to Die, she's making her reappearance as Money Penny. Uh, but other than that, Naomi Harris doesn't have like too many major roles. She's always a supporting character in everything she plays. So I remember in the movie, I even asked you, "Wait a minute, where do I know her from?" And then you were like, "Pirates." I said she's Calypso in Pirates. She's Calypso in Pirates, <laughs> and I, I, I just forgot about that. Like I knew that I knew her from somewhere, but I forgot. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, this movie sucks. What you give this movie as a score? Because I, I, I settled on a two. So did I. I settled okay. on a two. And then in my, in my letterbox review, I said this score seems generous. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that shows you. I, you know what? I think we're done. Yeah, we're done. Just forget about this movie. I don't recommend going out to the movies to see it. No. There's no real reason to The only to thing do it. that you need to see is the stinger, and that's everywhere now because people are spoiling the crap out of it. Yeah, it's everywhere at this point. So if you haven't seen it... No respect. It, no, no respect for the spoiler warnings. No, not at all. All right, so I think we could go ahead and put a wrap on this episode. If this is your first time listening, thank you for checking us out. Thank you for listening to us babble about uh, <laughs> Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and about the future of Sony and FCU movies. If you would go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, you could go ahead and check out 
every future episode that is coming. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you want to keep track of what we say or if you want to write to us your thoughts on the movie, you can find us on social media. On social media is what I meant to say. You can find us at Always Critic Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, which I already said. TikTok <laughs> is the last one that I meant to say. So on all the socials, at Always Critic Pod. And finally, if you want to really support us and really help us out on this venture that we're on, uh, go ahead and subscribe through patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. You can support us there with a monthly support. Cheaper than a cup of coffee. You can definitely support us on a monthly Way basis. <laughs> Way cheaper than a cup. Like if you go to Starbucks, you'll be spending double, sometimes triple what yeah. you would for one month of support for us here at patreon.com slash always critic pod. With that said, that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.